Hey guys, it's Tim and this is Brussling Unlimited as it's well the 1st of July 2023 and tonight was WWE Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank was a pretty good show. I thoroughly enjoyed everything on tonight's show. Even, and I saw some people online saying, ah, that woman's title match, the woman's tag title match wasn't good. And I thought it was good for what it was for. Building towards a Ronda Shayna match, most likely at SummerSlam. So, I thought that did well in terms of what it was supposed to be. It wasn't supposed to be like a great, outstanding, classic match. It was supposed to just build towards Shayna and Ronda. Going one-on-one. But overall, shocked that Damian Priest won the Money in the Bank. Did not have that on my, my I guess you could say, not bingo card, because I picked LA Knight. But I didn't have... Damian Priest even has like a, a dark horse. So I was just like, oh, he's in it. He's going to do well. He's going to have some spots and this and that. But winning it, hmm, that's an interesting one. Especially with the whole Seth couldn't win tonight, but he was able to win tonight. And then we have Eosky winning. And I know in the press conference after Money in the Bank, Eosky did state that it's not just her briefcase. It is Damage Control's briefcase. And it is both her and Bailey's briefcase. And then Bailey showed that she's still got the the uh, uh, handcuffs on, which is funny. She's got it on. They took it off of Becky, but not off of Bailey. Uh, other things that happened on the show, you know, Cody beat Dominic. That was expected. Gunther beat Riddle pretty easily. That was expected. Finn Seth. But Roman getting pinned. That's the one where I was just like, I wanted to see it, but didn't think they would pull the trigger. I wanted Roman to be the one to get pinned and Roman lewd and this and that and all that. But I just, for some reason, didn't think they would pull the trigger unless it was like that big title match. Whether it's Cody, whether it's somebody else, I don't know. Also, what the hell is with Paul Heyman carrying around the Brock Lesnar world title? The Brock Lesnar WWE Championship. Hmm. 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 But with that, I want to say thank you guys for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can subscribe to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription... Or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. All you got to do is take that Amazon Prime account. You take that Twitch account. You link them together. Bada bing, bada boom. You're Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games. And you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember to head over to YouTube and become a channel member. Finally, buy something on the Epic Game Store. If you're ever buying something on the Epic Game Store or an Epic Games purchase through your PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, Switch, or mobile device, use our code PWUNLIMITED at checkout. Trying to get in on Hogwarts Legacy, haven't played it yet, but want to get it at 20% off. Trying to claim the free game, the Dungeon of Nakhambrak, or however you say it. Or are you trying to get bucks for Fortnite, Rocket League? Fall guys, use this code right here, P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Again, use this code, PWUnlimited, for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases.
Also, we will be taking your calls. You can do so. 510-906-1341. We will take those at the end of the show. Again, the number is 510-906-1341. It's going to be scrolling periodically here, the bottom of the screen, throughout the, the remainder of the show, or throughout the entire show, however you want to say it. Again, the number is 510-906-1341. We'll be taking your calls later on in the show. As far as Money in the Bank does go, the show did open up with a men's Money in the Bank ladder match. This match rocked. Now, I didn't see any of the pre-show. I know there was some Paul Heyman, Kayla Braxton thing, but I didn't see any of the pre-show. Because, well, uh, me and my kids were playing AEW uh, Fight Forever. My son got very annoyed with all the bugs in that game. Like, it got pretty buggy, and he got annoyed, and we turned it off right in time for Money in the Bank to start. So, yeah, just saying. Even my 11-year-old son was like, yeah, this game's just okay. Like, he was having fun. Like, I'm going to be completely honest. He played, me and him played a exploding barbed wire match. We did it once, and he goes, I don't want to do that match anymore. I didn't like that at all. He's like, that wasn't fun. But he didn't even like the exploding barbed wire match in the game. We did the lights out match, which he liked because all the weapons. We did singles matches. We did triple threats with me, him, and my daughter. And we did um, the mini games, which he and I both completely hated. The mini games in AEW Fight Forever, and this is not going on a tangent or a rant or anything, suck big time. Like, they're so bad. So bad. My son's like, if I never play one of those mini games again, thank you. But the mini games were, are just horrible. Why are they even in this game? Like, one of them is AEW Trivia. My son, no, 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 AEW Trivia. He'll catch an AEW match here and there, but primarily watches WWE. Only people he knew in the entire game were Cody Rhodes and Brian Danielson. He goes, oh, I know Cody Rhodes. Hey, that's Daniel Bryan. Oh, and he knew CM Punk. He knew who CM Punk was. But other than that, my son didn't know anybody else in the game because he's not interested in AEW. And I don't know if it's just he's watched WWE for so long as a kid or whatnot. And so he sees AEW, he's like, I don't know any of those wrestlers. And so he's not interested but yeah, he played Fight Forever. He thought the game was all right. Didn't like the mini games. Didn't like the exploding barbed wire match. And other than the created character he made, he only played as CM Punk, Brian Danielson, because he knew who they were from seeing their stuff in WWE. But as far as the show does go, everyone started making their way out to the ring, and LA Knight came out to a huge pop. Crowds out here, L. Hey, night, because, you know, you know, Mike Rome out here doing his intro, making his way in the rig from Los Angeles, California, L.A. Night, and then the crowd, yeah, they loved them, some L.A. Night. L.A. Night got a great pop from the crowd. So as soon as the match starts, they all go after Logan Paul, and the crowd loved that they all went after Logan Paul. They also ganged up on Damian Priest at one point, and Wade Barrett attributed that to Judgment Day making too many enemies. There was an exchange between Nakamura and LA Knight, and the crowd was all in on LA Knight throughout this entire match. Butch at one point attacked everyone with a cricket bat. Michael Cole asked what kind of a paddle that was, and he goes, We're in the UK, Cole. That's a cricket bat. Priest was about to go after Paul, but Paul talked him out of it and said, hey, let's work together. Let's let's set up these tables, and we'll put this smaller guy through him because, you know, we're both tall. And that didn't really work. They set him up side by side. One of the tables actually kind of broke already. I don't know what happened, but it was like drooping. 
and Priest ended up decking Paul. Ricochet hit a flip dive through the like through the tables to the outside, kind of whatever. It was yeah. Knight then tried climbing a ladder at one point, and Paul brought him down with a Russian leg sweep. The crowd chanted obscenities at Paul, who dove into a right hand from Damian Priest on the outside. The crowd then booed Butch for saving Paul from Priest at one point, but chanted bruiserweight just a few moments later. Paul then gave Priest a brutal-looking frog splash on a ladder bridge on the outside. Crowds chanted, you still suck, you still suck, you still suck, which, Long Paul don't suck. As far as in pro wrestling goes, he's great. Like, he is so good. It has no business being as good as he actually is. Butch then put Escobar in a sleeper on an elevated ladder, and Ricochet nailed both of them with a crazy springboard 450. Priest climbed the ladder as everyone brawled, but Knight brought him down with a back suplex. Paul then gave Knight a blockbuster, and Ricochet hit Paul with a SSP, shooting star press. Escobar then took out Ricochet with a falcon arrow. With everyone huddled outside the ring, Butch then did a moonsault off of a ladder onto the pile of people. Paul was not in the huddle, though, and he prevented Butch from climbing the ladder. Paul also took out Ricochet before Santos took out Paul. Nakamura and Ricochet then battled atop of a ladder after Escobar took out Knight with a Hurricane Rana. Ricochet and Paul then leapt onto different ladders. Basically, they just springboards off the ropes. They went right on ladders before kicking Nakamura and Escobar off respective ladders. Knight then shoved the ladder with Paul and Ricochet on it, which led to Ricochet giving Paul a springboard Spanish fly off the ropes through the two tables that were set up on the outside, and boy, could that have gone bad. Like, it looked like Ricochet landed on top of his head, but he's fine. Triple H said no injuries other than one person was walking to the back after their match and rolled their ankle. Other than that, no injuries in any match. But yeah. Like, they both seemed to land bad. Paul landed right on his face and head. Ricochet seemed to land on the top of his head. And yeah. I believe Paul's shoulder was bleeding at one point. But I, I remember seeing it, but not 100% sure if that was actually blood or not. At one point, Butch knocked Knight off the ladder before Priest shoved Butch in off onto a ladder in the corner. Knight then shoved Priest out of the ring before getting rid of Escobar and Nakamura as well. Knight was on the verge of winning. Top of the ladder, people going wild, and here comes Damian Priest. He goozles him like he's going to choke slam him. And instead, gives him a falcon arrow off the top of the ladder. Priest then climbs the ladder and grabbed the briefcase. And the crowd booed, as Priest is now Mr. Money in the Bank, or as he likes to be called, Senor Money in the Bank. There we go. Damian Priest wins. He's now holding the briefcase. And I guess I can't be too mad at this because I always say briefcase is better on a heel. And LA Knight is obviously a babyface. I would have loved to see LA Knight win it. But again, the briefcase is better on a heel. We then got a commercial break. We then got a commercial break. I'm sounding like Steve uh, Steve Fall here. (coughs) Slash Ronda Rousey video package. Because, well, they got to hit commercials. It's funny because Michael Cole's always like, let's get this uh, superstar highlight video for those watching on Peacock Premium Plus. Because we don't get commercials, we get highlight packages. Fuck it. I'd rather just get the commercial. Screw it. Just give me the commercial. Also, WWE now sponsored by Bud Light. They they uh, had to 
Cheers, Bud Light. These aren't Bud Lights, but cheers, Bud Lights to the winners of the Money in the Bank matches. And every replay was sponsored by Bud Light. And SummerSlam is going to be sponsored by Bud Light. Bud Light is giving away a trip to SummerSlam. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of, of Bud Light, um, what's it called, um, product placement on this show tonight. I had to ban somebody off Twitter for it. Because I was like, hey. WWE got that Bud Light sponsorship. And then they had to tweet out, well, that's pretty gay. Hey, you're pretty gone. So, yeah. That was a one that I got to take care of. <clears throat> um, as we move forward, we had the women's tag team titles on the line. I didn't mean to do that. The women's tag team titles were on the line as Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler defended against Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. So, Raquel and Morgan had the edge early on until Baszler yanked Morgan off the top and targeted her previously injured arm slash shoulder. Rousey applied an ankle lock, but Morgan fought out of it and hit a code breaker and made the tag to Rodriguez. Rodriguez gave Baszler a fallaway slam before power slamming Rousey for a two. Rousey then tried an armbar with Rodriguez on the middle rope, but Rodriguez countered into a powerbomb for a two because, well, Baszler broke up the cover. Baszler then put Morgan in an armbar as Rousey applied an ankle lock, but Rodriguez broke it all up. Morgan couldn't make the tag because Rousey wiped out Rodriguez. Baszler then gave Morgan a German suplex and applied the Carafood clutch. Morgan did slip out, and Rousey tagged in. Then, out of nowhere. Like, what the hell? Shayna attacks Rhonda. Shayna attacks Rhonda from behind, puts her in the Carafuda clutch, and the crowd goes wild for this. She eventually just leaves her in the middle of the ring, jumps out of the ring, walks off. This then leads to um, they showed Liv, and she's, like, completely shocked. Rodriguez then hits the Tejano bomb. Liv, elated at this point. Liv gets tagged in, hits the Oblivion, and pins Ronda to become the new tag team champions. And think about this. That is now two money in a bank, two money in the banks in a row that Liv Morgan has pinned Ronda Rousey for a title. Two years in a row, money in the bank. Liv has pinned Ronda for a title at money in the bank. So, yeah. Think about that one. Think about that one. Also, we want another Money in the Bank stat. This is the first uh, pay-per-view all year Brock hasn't been on. But with that, now we've got Ronda and Shayna leading into SummerSlam, possibly. Now, in the post-show press conference, Liv and Raquel was asked about all of this, and they were like, you know, before the match, we went over every scenario on how this match can end. And that was one we never fathomed. That was one we never would have ever thought about. And then Raquel was like, maybe there's some jealousy there. Maybe there's some built-up tension for decades. And maybe us having our fighting spirit against them and almost beating them at one point led to, you know, Shayna flipping out. So, yeah, Shayna attacked Ronda, and we'll see where all that leads. Got more Bud Light product placement. Before Kayla Braxton interviewed Senior Money in the Bank. 
Damian Priest. Priest said he didn't know which title he's going to cash in on, but knew that one thing was for sure, he will be champion. Or however he said it, el champion, or however it is. This then led to, and also I forgot to mention, the men's Money in the Bank match went 20 minutes and 26 seconds. The women's tag title match went 9 minutes and 2 seconds. Then this next match, Gunter defending the Intercontinental Championship against Matt Riddle went 7 minutes and 47 seconds. So Cole mentioned Gunther previously wrestling Riddle in progress, which is interesting. But, you know, WWE in progress have had a working relationship in the past, so not too shocking that they mentioned that. Gunther worked over the bum ankle of Riddle early on. Riddle hit an exploder at one point, but couldn't follow it up because of the ankle, and Gunther hit a clothesline for a two. Riddle fought back moments later and hit a senton for a two. Gunther came off the top with a splash, but Riddle caught him in the triangle. Gunther then hoisted him up and hit a powerbomb for a two. Gunther immediately transitioned into a single leg crab. Riddle tried fighting out, so Gunther repeatedly smacked Riddle's injured ankle. Gunther applied a leg lock, and Riddle quickly tapped out. Match lasted seven minutes, and not much happened other than Gunther beating Riddle's ass. Every time Riddle would try to go for a move, he'd kind of get it in, and then couldn't really stand after it, and yeah, not much to the match. Other than showcase match for Gunther, really. But... After the match is where magic was made, is where everything happened. This match wasn't about Gunter and Riddle. It was about what happened after the match. After the match, we hear, and we know what that means. It means Drew McIntyre is back. Drew McIntyre made his way out to the ring and made it known he wants Gunter and the Intercontinental Championship. McIntyre came down and went face-to-face with the Intercontinental Champion. Michael Cole yelled, The rumors of Drew McIntyre's demise in WWE are not true. Drew eventually would headbutt Gunter, hit him with a Claymore, and then pose with the Intercontinental Championship high above his head afterwards. Crowd, super happy, super, super elated to see Drew. And Triple H actually had some stuff to say about this in the post-show press conference. Triple H basically said, because someone asked him about, you know, Drew McIntyre being gone for a while, and does that mean with Drew being back, he's locked back in? Are they still trying to lock him in? And this and that. And Triple H is like, you know, I know where this is coming from, and I read all those things too on the internet. Everything you put out, sources say. Well, 75% of all that is totally not true. Drew was not out with any conflict or issue. Drew was out with an injury. And because he was rehabbing an injury, he had another issue, an injury, he wanted to take care of. So WWE had him take care of it. Basically, he rehabbed an injury and maybe got surgery on another or something. Didn't really say, but he said, Drew was out from Mania to now with an injury. And then... Got another nagging injury taken care of. That is why Drew has been gone. Not because he was upset with creative. Not because his contract is coming up and they can't work out a deal. No. At least according to what Triple H is saying, it was all injury related. And we knew Drew had an injury before Mania, but he pushed through it to get the Mania match done. So, whoever out here, all them. Triple H literally said, 
75% of what's put out there with sources say totally not true. So, damn. He even said, he even said, during this time off, I've had many phone calls with Drew where Drew would tell me, hey, did you read this today? Did you see what they wrote today? Not true. So, yeah, Triple H really in front of a bunch of media guys where I know there were two at least there that put out this kind of source to say news. I'm not going to name names. But two of those guys sitting right in the front row, Triple H out here debunking them, going, yeah, none of what you say is true, basically. Or most of what you say isn't true. Maybe only 25% of what your sources tell you are true. But Drew's back. Drew wants to go after Gunter, and Drew wants the Intercontinental Championship. So then there was another commercial slash video package for the upcoming match. Cody Rhodes, Dominic Mysterio. Barrett put over Rhodes' entrance and said that he came across as the biggest star in WWE. And if you have a question on why Cody got no pyro, because pyro's not allowed in the O2 arena. Just saying. That's why there was no pyro for Cody's entrance. Because pyro's not allowed in the O2 arena. Why? I don't know. So we did have Cody Rhodes versus Dominic Mysterio. The match went 8 minutes and 37 seconds. So right at the go. Or early on, actually, not right at the get-go, because at the get-go, Dom kept jumping out of the ring, jumping back in the ring, jumping out of the ring, jumping back in the ring. But then eventually, he smacked Cody. Cody then ripped off the cast to where Michael Colvin noted, oh, hey, Wade, Cody just took off the cast. You know, I did talk to our doctors here over the last couple of days, and they did tell me that Cody's injury should be pretty much all healed up, and he may not even need that cast anymore. So the whole Cody cast thing, done, over. Cody shouldn't have the cast on going forward. But Dom bailed and tried running to the back, but Cody caught him. Dom tried leaving through the crowd. Cody got him again. Ripley then got in Rhodes' face at one point as Dom removed a turnbuckle cover. Dom follows up with a suicide dive off the distraction that sent Cody into the announce table. The crowd called Dom a wanker and sang loudly for Cody. Dom tried the three amigos at one point, but Cody countered it into a gourd buster before hitting a power slam and a disaster kick for a two. Rhodes then went for a dive, but Ripley got in the way. The distraction allowed Dom to set it for a 619, but Rhodes caught him and hit a spinning Alabama slam. Rhodes will then follow this up with the Cody Cutter and a crossroads to pick up the decisive victory. And then I love how right as this match is over, Brandy sends out a tweet and goes, well, he didn't need my help against her tonight or something like that. What did she say? What did she say? Hold on, I want to read the Brandy tweet because it was actually kind of funny. Brandy Rhodes. Brandy tweeted. See Brandy Rhodes. He didn't need me. If he ever really does, I'll be there. But I don't think he ever will. Basically saying that she's not coming to WWE. I'd love to see Brandy as an on-screen personality with Cody in WWE. But I don't know if that's her intention. I don't know if she wants to be on television all the time. In the spotlight anymore like that. She's got other things she's doing, but that's outside of wrestling. Like, if you look at her Twitter, the bio mentions no wrestling at all. Her Twitter bio is TV and podcast host, yoga and Pilates enthusiast, media at Gina at visionpr.net, bookings, brandy at aka-talent.com. So, yeah, no mentions of wrestling at all in her bio. And, yeah. 
The only time she's going to show up in wrestling is when she's in the front row to watch Cody, like she did at WrestleMania. At least that's what it seems like now. Which, I guess Cody doesn't need her there, but there's such a good dynamic that sometimes I wish she was there. You know what I mean? So then, we got a major, massive, huge, mondo surprise. They're coming off of a, um, they're coming off of a little video package thing. And all of a sudden we hear, I got the, and John Cena's music's playing. And I'm like, what? What? John Cena? What the hell is he doing out here? Crowd loses their ever-loving mind. John Cena makes his way out to the ring and says, surprise. Cena himself was surprised because he's used to hearing John Cena sucks from the crowd, but instead they were singing his song word for word. Cena said this was the first premium live event in London in, well, over 20 years. Cena asked, quote, what the heck took so long to spend some time with you? Crowd cheered. Cena said, but it wasn't up to him, though. It was up to the decision makers who didn't know how to feel about London. Cena said, quote, they think this is a hostile environment and the crowd can be a bit of a distraction. Cena said the crowd wasn't a distraction and they were the show. Cena said that he wanted the world to know that they were underappreciated. Cena was big on respect, and over the last 20 years, the fans have earned his respect. They loudly started chanting, thank you, Cena. Cena again said they don't like it when the performers stop to let the crowd cheer for them. And that, and that's what made nights like this very special. Cena said that there was no crowd more exciting than the crowd in London, England. Cena then said, quote, I'm here to try to bring WrestleMania to London. The crowd absolutely lost their ever-loving minds with yes chance. Cena encouraged the crowd to let them know loud and proud, you want WrestleMania in London. And Cena's pushing this and pushing this and pushing this so hard that I'm pretty sure it's happening. Not next year because they're going to be in Philly. Maybe 2025 for WrestleMania 41. Maybe 2026 for WrestleMania 42. But they're not going to come out here and push it so hard, so hard, and not have it in some sort of plan or be trying to do it. Triple H said anything is possible in the, pre- in the post-show press conference, and that he would love to do it, but it's a lot harder than anybody thinks. And I'm like, I get that. I get that. But you guys are doing it. I'm 90% sure they would not have had Cena come out here and cut this promo and do all this stuff just to not have some sort of a possibility or impossible plan to do it. This would then lead to Grayson Waller coming up or coming out. Crowd chanted, who are you? And shut the fuck up. Waller said that he was a fan of Cena and said his performance in Scooby-Doo was really moving. Waller said that Cena was lying to the fans. He thought WrestleMania was coming here. It's not. We need a place with better weather, great beaches, 
And overall, just a better atmosphere, better place. And that would be Australia. Crowd then yelled, Wanker! And Waller responded with, Trust me, I don't need to. This guy's good. This guy's good at just playing off of crowds and people and this and that. Waller noted that things haven't been going so well for Cena lately. He lost to Austin Theory at WrestleMania. He lost to Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. And he lost to The Fiend at WrestleMania. But the fans were simple. And only remembered the most recent of things that they saw. Waller offered to save Cena and said, When you get WrestleMania, when we get WrestleMania in Australia, I can get you on the show. I can give you that rub of you on the Grayson Waller effect. Cena said, Yeah, no, thank you, and tried to leave. Waller stopped him and was like, Excuse me? Nobody says no to Grayson Waller. And Cena's like, Huh? Let me say that again. Nobody says no to Grayson Waller. And Cena, like, yeah, no, no. Cena then wanted to soak in the London crowd one more time, and Waller decked him from behind. Waller then posed until Cena popped up and hit him with the attitude adjustment. Cena then left while slapping his hands with the fans. So yeah, they're pushing hard. WrestleMania in London. And I don't think they would push and tease this if it wasn't something they thought they were going to do relatively soon. Now again, can't happen next year because that's Philly. But it can happen as early as 2025. It can happen as early as in the next two years. But I thought this was a great segment. I thought this was awesome for, for Grayson Waller. We had heard earlier in the day, I think it was from Worked Wrestling, that Grayson Waller was supposed to get a big segment on the show, but it wasn't clear what the segment was. And well, now we know it's this. Basically him and Cena teasing Mania in London. Still had to do another video package. And then the woman's Money in the Bank ladder match. And all I got to say is, damn, Trish. Trish is almost 50 years old, taking all them ladder bumps. Damn. Uh, Give me one second. Um, NASCAR race postponed to tomorrow. The Xfinity Series race. Too much lightning in Chicago. So Lynch was the last one to enter and immediately was attacked by Starks in the aisleway, which, well, started the match. Stratus and Stark worked together to control the match early on, but Bailey and EO also teamed up as well. The crowd sang for Bailey, and at one point she told them to shut up. Vega then fought off Sky at one point after being pinned down by a ladder by Sky. But damage control bounced her back and fo- bounced her back and forth under a ladder. Basically, she's under the ladder. Eo's on this side, Bailey's on this side, and they keep grabbing her arm. Boom, 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 pushing her back and forth in the ladder. Lynch at one point prevented Bailey and Sky from climbing the ladders. Vega used Stratus's body as a bridge to go from one ladder to the other, and eventually everybody took turns clearing house off the ladder. Sky climbed a ladder, but wasn't close to the briefcase, so she wiped out everybody except Stratus with a moonsault. The crowd chanted for her. Also, if I didn't say it, this match went 18 minutes and 4 seconds. Stratus then climbed the ladder, but Lynch went after her. Lynch fought off Stratus and Starks, but Vega took out Lynch and Stratus with a crossbody. Vega then shoved Sky out of the ring before Lynch and Stratus actually teamed up together to double powerbomb Vega. Stratus 
and Bailey then real or Stratus and uh, uh, Lynch eventually realized, oh, why did we work together there? And then kind of tried to go at it with each other before Stratus ended up giving Bailey a Stratus faction on a ladder before Stark drove Lynch into the ring post. Stark then put a handcuff on Lynch's arm, but couldn't really latch it to anything before Lynch was able to fight away. So Becky's running around with this handcuff on her arm. Plays into the finish, which I thought was very creative. Lynch then chucks Stratus over the announce table and drops Stark's on a la- Stark on a ladder. Lynch then gave Stratus a manhandle slam on a ladder bridge before Stark gave Lynch a neckbreaker. Vega and Stark then stood near the top of a ladder, and Vega hit a code red off the top through a ladder bridge where uh, Wade Barrett said that that move, code red, was made famous by Vega's cousin, Amazing Red. Great shout out there for Amazing Red. Love Amazing Red. Amazing Red is so good. No love for Crimson, though. Anyways, his brother. Uh, Sky climbed the ladder, but Bailey shoved the ladder down. Michael Cole was like, what the hell is going on? And Wade Bear goes, uh, it's instinct, Cole. Someone's climbing, and you don't want them to win? You just push the ladder down. It's instinct. Bailey, though, showed no regret in her face and proceeded to climb the ladder. Lynch hooked the other end of the handcuffs to the fish hook of Bailey's mouth and brought her down off the ladder. Bailey then tried fighting back, and she grabbed Becky's arm, threw the rungs into the center of the ladder. Eo would then smack Bailey, grab Bailey, handcuff her to Becky, so they're stuck under the ladder with their arms. They can only climb so high, not high enough. Eo then says, you go up, I go up you, and we'll get the briefcase. And Becky's, or Bailey's kind of like, what's going on here? Eo then climbs up Bailey's back, scampers up the ladder, sits at the top, grabs the briefcase, bada bing, bada boom. Eo Sky wins money in the bank and becomes the new Miss Money in the Bank. So then, fast forwarding a little to the pro show press conference, they bring out the two Money in the Bank winners, Damian Priest, Eo Sky. But Eo also brings out Bailey. And Kayla uh, Braxton's like, oh, and a surprise guest here, Bailey. So Eo is asked, about when you're going to cash in, who are you going to cash in on, how long are you going to wait? And she says, well, first off, this is our briefcase. We won this. And she points at her armband and goes, it's damage control's briefcase. And Bailey's like, yeah, it's both of ours. Like, really? Oh, okay. Like, if Bailey would have just won, it wouldn't have been both of theirs. So we got that where EO is still cool with Bailey. Bailey's kind of like, I don't know how to feel. They're eventually going to implode here soon. But according to EO, either of them can cash in the briefcase. We'll see. We'll see where this leads to. I think they're going to break up before the briefcase gets cashed in. Um, good finishing segment, though, or sequence, though. I liked the finish of this match. Very creative. Haven't seen it before. Where you handcuff two people together where they can't climb the ladder. Everybody else is taken out. Bada bing, bada boom. This then goes right into Seth Rollins defending the World Heavyweight Championship against Finn Balor. Match itself went 12 minutes and 31 seconds. Cole noted that Balor attacked Rollins again last night at a live event, hence why there's all the kinesio tape on Seth's side. His ribs are hurting, so he needs the tape that kind of like helps with the pressure on the ribs and whatnot. You see Cesaro wears it a lot, not Cesaro, Claudio. Wears it a lot on his shoulders and stuff, or at least he used to. So, 
Uh, Rollins early on hit a suicide dive, but didn't pop right up because he was selling the injured ribs. Balor, though, did start targeting the ribs and took advantage. Rollins fought back with some strikes, a backbreaker, a knee sh- and a knee strike. Balor went back to the ribs and hit a headlock, uh, headlock elbow drop, but Rollins definitely kicked out of one. Balor then hit a sling blade, but Rollins came back with a super kick and a buckle bomb. They mentioned that buckle bomb, yes, not into the buckle, but into the uh, barricade, is what injured Finn seven years ago. Balor got his knees up on a frog splash attempt, and that hurt the ribs once more of Seth Rollins. This then led to a shotgun drop kick as well from Finn. Rollins did avoid a coup de gras attempt, and Balor avoided a curb stomp. They traded strikes until Rollins caught a Balor Pele kick and hit a pedigree for a two. This then led to Damian Priest walking out and the crowd chanting, cash it in, cash it in, cash it in. Rollins was distracted, so Balor tried to schoolboy him, only got a two off of it. Rollins then confronted Priest, who simply grabbed a chair and sat down and was like, hey, don't, don't, don't go messing with me. I ain't doing nothing. I didn't do a thing. Balor used that distraction to drop kick Rollins into the barricade. Balor then hit a coup de gras off the announce table and off the steel steps. Back in the ring, Balor hit a drop kick and went to the top, but stopped when he saw Priest get to his feet like he saw Priest was about to cash in and insert himself into the match. Balor then went for a coup de gras, but Rollins moved and hit a curb stomp to pin him and pick up the victory. Balor and Priest slightly argued after the match. Also in the post-show press conference, Priest was asked about that miscommunication between him and uh, Balor, and if he thinks that that maybe caused Balor the win, he said, hey, all I can say is I won my match. Finn didn't win his match. Yes, Judgment Day has had some issues recently, but we're going to be fine. We'll talk it out. We'll figure it out. And Michael Cole played this up big, like Finn screwed up uh, Priest's opportunity against Seth, so maybe Priest purposefully screwed up Finn's opportunity against Seth. And Priest also was like, I was I would never cash in on Finn, but I wanted he's like, I would never cash in on Finn and wouldn't think Finn would think that, but I wanted to distract Seth. I wanted to get in Seth's head with Seth thinking I was gonna cash in on him, which could have helped Finn. He said he was only out there to distract Seth and try to help Finn. So we'll see where it leads to on Monday's Raw. Good match nonetheless, though. We then got an Edge video package, though there's no Edge. We'll be on the Grayson Waller effect from Madison Square Garden next Friday on SmackDown. Kayla Braxton then interviewed Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, who were suddenly watching the show in a suite. Owens said that it was great to be in London and put over some of tonight's results. Uh, She asked Zayn about the Bloodline Civil War. Zayn said that he's been waiting a long time to see where this goes, and tonight was the right night that Reigns got exactly what was coming to him. And played Sammy's music and the crowd sang. So just wait for them to sing Sammy's song. And then we have our main event. 32 minutes and 5 seconds. It's the Bloodline Civil War. Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa against Jay and Jimmy Uso. This was fantastic. This was a masterpiece of storytelling. I loved the crap out of this match. Jay was fired up during the introductions, and everyone else was relatively calm because uh, Jay knew he was pinning Roman. 
So he was kind of like, yeah, let's get this going. Let's get this going. Because where this goes in the end. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was ready for this because he knew where this was going at the end. Sokoa seemed to have a moment of self-reflection before it started, while Reigns was annoyed at the FU chance from the crowd, or FU Roman chance from the crowd. Sokoa had the edge over Jimmy, and Jay kicked him from behind as the ref was distracted. Sokoa was caught off guard, so Reigns tagged in. Sokoa hesitated before tagging out. Jay and Reigns circled each other before locking up. Reigns had the advantage over Jay, so Jimmy tagged in and went for and as they went for a double super kick, but Reigns left the ring. Reigns got back in after a pep talk from Heyman and worked over Jay. Heyman basically said, you need to stop this. You need to stop him because that man over there wants to be the new head of the table and wants to be able to tell your boys what to do. We don't want that. You don't want that. All while Paul Heyman is holding the WWE Championship with Brock Lesnar side plates. What? The, what? The, what? They bring the wrong belt to London? Or is that some sort of a uh, tease for something down the line? <coughs> like, it's side plates. What? Fly right in front of my face. Um, Sokoa tagged in and had control until Jimmy tagged in, but Sokoa quickly knocked him down with a forearm. There was a loud, if you hey Romans, stand up chant, and everybody stood up. More like, like three or four guys yelled it or something. And people started standing up. Barrett pointed out on commentary, pointed it out on commentary, and the announcers went quiet for a moment so we can hear what was going on. Funny, funny moment. Reigns then took the opportunity to sit down on the apron, which, oh my God, was that fucking genius? Was that amazing? Playing off that crowd, this, this crowd was great. Reigns tagged in after a while and hit Jimmy with a drive by drop kick for a two. Sokoa tagged back in, and the match continued at, at a slow but deliberate pace. Reigns then tagged himself in, and Jimmy couldn't tag out because Solo had yanked Jay off the apron. At about the 19-minute mark of the match, Jimmy avoided a Superman punch and made the hot tag to Jay, who hit Solo with punches, mimicking the Rock's punches. An enziguri and a flying crossbody also came for a two. Jay hit a running hip attack, but Reigns made a blind tag. Jay figured, out, figured it out and gave Reigns a suicide dive before hitting Sokoa with one as well. Jay then tried another, but Reigns hit him with consecutive Superman punches. Reigns then set up for a spear, but Jimmy tagged in, and the Usos hit Reigns with a double spear, and Sokoa broke up the cover. Each, each side stood up, and they exchanged right hands. Jay shoved Sokoa into the ring post as Reigns hit Jimmy with a Superman punch for a two. Reigns went for a spear, but Jimmy hit him with consecutive super kicks. Jimmy went for a splash, and Reigns caught him with a guillotine choke. Jimmy used his strength, though, to hoist up Reigns and powered himself out into the corner. Jay made a blind tag as Jimmy shoved Reigns into the referee, who fell out of the ring. It ain't a Roman Reigns match if there's not a ref bump. It ain't a Roman Reigns match, I'll say it again, if there's not a ref bump. Usos then gave Reigns the 1D. Jay covered him. No ref, and the crowd chanted to like 8, 9, 10, I think. Usos then went for the double splash, but Sokoa made the save. Sokoa and Reigns each hit Uranagis before Sokoa hit Jimmy with a Samoan spike. Sokoa then spiked Jay as Reigns hit a spear. Sokoa stacked both Usos on top of each other as the crowd chanted, Bullshit. Uh, Reigns then went for the cover on both men, similar to what he did to Edge and Daniel Bryan, but they kicked out. Crowd 
lost their balls. Reigns then seemed without any ideas, so Solo hammered away on Jimmy and Jay. That encouraged Roman to join in and help. Sokoa then superkicked Jimmy on the announce table. Sokoa then tried to splash on, on the barricade, but Jimmy moved and Sokoa crashed through the table. Jay and Reigns then exchanged super kicks and Superman punches, respectively, until Reigns hit a spear for a close near fall. Jay exactly kicked out by low-blowing Reigns, as Reigns has done before. Jimmy then tagged in, and the Usos handed out super kicks to both Roman and Solo. Jay tagged in and splashed Roman and Benham to pick up the victory. Yes, Jay Uso pinned Roman Reigns. This is the first person to pin Roman Reigns since December. I'm going to get the day wrong. 19th, maybe? 2019. Since Baron Corbin was the last man to pin Roman Reigns. Jay Uso pinned Roman Crowd went wild. Crowd lost their marbles. And Roman is sitting on the outside up against the ring just beside himself. Beside himself. First person since December of 2019 to pin Roman Reigns. To pin or submit. The Usos celebrated. Crowd was cheering loud. We went off the air. And then into the press conference. And I kind of like threw in press conference stuff throughout this. So there's not much more to talk about the press conference other than Triple H did state that Money in the Bank tonight in the O2 Arena was the highest grossing arena show ever in the history of WWE. No other show in an arena has made more money than this show tonight, which is crazy to think. More than any MSG show, more than any Staples Center show, more than any Barclays Center show. More than any other arena show. Now, not, you can't say like, oh, um, MetLife Stadium for a Mania or, or um, Honda Field or when, what is the one? Not Honda, Nissan Field or Nissan Stadium for a SummerSlam last year. No, not more than those, but it is the highest grossing arena show ever for WWE. Last night in the O2 Arena was the highest grossing SmackDown ever for WWE. So, yeah. Big nights, both last night and tonight for WWE. But with that, guys, that's everything we've got. That is everything I thought pertaining to tonight's Money in the Bank. But now, I want to hear from you guys a couple of different ways. We're going to check the polls. And we're going to take your calls. Let's pull those up right now. Remember, the number is 510 506-1341. Again, that number is 510-906-1341. You can call in with your comments, questions, or concerns live on the air. Let's check the polls, though, why we wait for some of those to come in. Let's refresh all of this. Refresh. Refresh. Pop it up. As far as the Twitch poll does go, 60% liked the show. 40% 40 didn't like the show. Interesting. Interesting. As far as the Twitter poll does go, 86% liked the show. 13% thought it was just all right. Looking over at the YouTube community poll, 82% liked the show. 15% thought it was just all right. And 3% did not like it. Person here says, very fun show for me. I give it an 8.5 out of 10. 
person says amazing show person says i enjoyed it i give it a nine and a half out of ten person says love the civil war person says i liked the first time in three years roman ate a pin loss pinfall loss to jay uso another one says good show great show and yeah the same guy that always comments bad about wwe stuff commented bad about this show so you're a troll you know what i'm just gonna block you from not commenting anymore because that's all you do everything wwe buy it wwe buy it wwe buy it as far as the youtube community or live poll does go 87 percent liked the show nine percent thought it was just all right and four percent did not like it looks like we aren't getting any any calls maybe i should have advertised the call stuff earlier before like we went live so people actually knew so that's the goal with every pay-per-view review we will take your calls 510-906-1341 so with that guys I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. We'll be back live. Now, I'm not sure when I'm going to do my collision review. I might do it tomorrow because, you know, I've already missed the first 25 minutes of the show. I won't have time to do it tonight because I have to go to a photo shoot. But... I might do my collision review tomorrow, or we do it at the beginning of the wrestling wrap-up Monday morning. So, we'll see how that all does go. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we will see you next time. Have a good one, guys.